1: All right, Mr. Keller, it's probably not a surprise to most people, but I'm a little bit older than you. So, my parents and in laws are older than yours, and we've been dealing with some illnesses in the family system. And since we had on author Michael Easter a couple of weeks ago to talk about his book, The Comfort Crisis, in which he advises people to talk about death every day, I've been thinking about it a lot more, also doing some rucking. Also, an amazing book out there that I've been chatting with a good friend about randomly. The book is called being Mortal, Medicine and What Matters at the End by Atul Gwande. I don't know if you've heard of him before. He also has a great book called The Checklist. It's really awesome. Here's a quote from his book, Being Mortal. If end of life discussions were an experimental drug, the FDA would approve it. <laughs> uh, this sounds crazy, but I feel like talking about the end of life, when it, when it has to do with your in-laws, comes up like in a nanosecond. Everything's going well, you're planning family trips, talking about holidays, you got the dinner menu up, and then all of a sudden, bam, someone's going like, hey, where's the will? It is insane how quickly this conversation comes up, and it's probably something you don't even think of, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe you think about it, but you don't want to engage with it. Um, you, I think you've, whether you've wanted to or not, you've been having these, these discussions more more recently uh, maybe like six months ago, I asked if you had a will, and you said you did not. Have you guys discussed that further, given light to the new no, no. engagement? No, we're doing a
1: will. We have it's in my inbox. We're doing a will. We got to do it. We finally bought a home, so we got to settle that out. We yeah. are getting a will. That's never. It's just been like, like six hundred bucks to pay for a lawyer to get the will. Blah, 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 blah. Here's
0: yeah, but here's my I mean,
1: return. Yeah,
0: for you so, having well. these discussions with your in laws, and I guess with your mom, do do you like? then flip them back on yourself once you're done like if if you were a uh, comatose would you want to a dnr like uh that's something i've never thought of until you said this quote
1: no absolutely I, you're absolutely right i mean maybe some people don't do it that way but as i'm talking to somebody older than me i'm talking to myself and here's what i've come to the self-realization is at the end of life when i feel like it's coming I'm going to literally invite everybody that's still alive around me. Maybe it'll be next week. I don't know. And we're going to go to a beach and I'm going to get on to a canoe and I'm going to give everybody uh, flaming arrows and I'm going to set sail for Hawaii. And I'm going to be like, Hey, if you can hit me, I'm going to burn, or I'm going to sail to Hawaii. There is no way in God's green earth. I'm going down in a nursing home or with some random ass illnesses. Like it seems like most people in America do. I'm going out. With you and a flaming arrow, and if you hit me, I die, good for me. That's how I'm going out.
0: I love that. It's I, I bet you most people you don't know are that accurate, but there might be one surprising person that nails
1: you right through the jugular. And by the way, I will be so lucky if they do, because the thought of going to the emergency room like a 100 times in a year or sitting in a nursery home like eating bad peas, oh, my God, that is not how I want to go out.
0: Yeah, I mean – It sounds like you have it figured out, but I think a trap that a lot of people might fall into is that you give advice, like you're you're 20, you're 30, you're 40, you're 50, or however old you are, and you see someone in your life aging, and you like say, this is what you should do, and then flash forward to when you're in the same position, you don't take your own advice. So I think the end-of-life discussions or thinking about that, pointed at yourself, is a, a good exercise to go through because you always it's always easier to say what someone should do when you're completely lucid and functional looking from the
1: outside okay so here's my question do you want to live to be 70 80 or 100 i mean that that's a
0: uh, it depends on my quality of life like I, I wouldn't mind living to be 100 if i'm still completely uh lucid and mobile so, I mean it, it all depends I, I've I've seen people out of it at 75 my grandmother's 93 she walks around like I said before is on uh, Marco Polo Skype and yeah I, I, I don't know she's in pain so I, I don't know I don't know what I want to live I'm guessing you're gonna say 70
1: dude if I live to be 90 you know what that tells me I did not go hard enough in my regular before then. Because man, I want to live it hard and good while I can until and then the later years be like, hey man, I, I left it all on the court. Like I lived till ninety, I didn't go hard enough.
0: Yeah, maybe we can do an episode on this, but I saw uh a trailer for this new documentary about Del Close, who's a kind oh. of considered the father of uh, Im- improvisation. The he guy this uh, idea the movie, that- uh,
1: the movie um the the wonder the the wonders were about him. Del close, they meet him anyways. Go on.
0: Anyway, he says that the, there's a light inside you, so let it burn. Like, don't waste it. Let it burn and burn bright until um, use it. Don't lose it. So yeah, go go hard in the paint is uh, good advice.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, like people think about it all the time. You you're not guaranteed tomorrow. Like, I right. feel like in America we're safe. We got lots going on. And you think oh, I'll just do that tomorrow? You are not guaranteed tomorrow and i think a lot of us are like yeah i'll just get it tomorrow you're not guaranteed it
0: yeah and i mean that's kind of why my mantra in life is just do it don't don't say i don't like my job don't wait for someone to come tap you on the shoulder oh i love a good opportunity to tell people to get out there and just do it It's a good. you know day. the
1: other thing too what you do now and it's hard to tell someone that when they're like 30 but what you do now matters later like mm-hmm. You know, the way you eat, if you walk, if you true. have friends, all of those things all matter now, but you can't convince someone in their thirties that it matters when they're 70.
0: I think even more so, I don't know if this is true, but I've just been kind of it's looking true. in general about around people I know and what their body types are. And I feel like the way you eat when you're eight, between eight and 12, like shapes who you are, cause Nicole, it's like a 14 year old boy, but. When she was a kid she did gymnastics and ate really well and like whatever she does she keeps her 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 physique pretty much the same and i ate pretty poorly i snacked a lot and uh, i guess playing football did that but like it's harder for me to lose weight than it is for her
1: yeah you know uh this book that uh, we're talking about Eto'o one day The number one thing he does when he meets with elder patients is he takes their shoes off and looks at their feet. And that tells you lots of things. First of all, are they able, are they stretching enough to be able to get down to their feet and like cut their fingernails, toenails? Like that's a huge factor. Are you limber enough to just cut your toenails? wash your feet. Can you take care of yourself? And I, once again, like, so getting this pattern of stretching into your life when you're 30, just literally simply stretching helps you so much more down the road. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm, everyone in my family is pretty tight. And I noticed that if I'm stretching more often, my quality of life goes up and you see like later on the people just bending over to tie their shoe or cut their toenails toenails does make a big difference. So stretching, is stretching and drinking water are the number one things that you can do. Drinking
1: water. That's definitely a bingo square. <laughs> you <laughs> you having problems? Drink water. Drink some water, guys. Yeah. It, it, it's, this is, I'm telling you, you brought Michael Easter to my life, this book about not being comfortable. And his number one thing is think about death every day. And since we've had this, uh, I've definitely rucked more and I've thought about it more And I feel like the point of thinking about death is so that you think about your death. And so it's like, it gives you a little bit of path of where you want to go.
0: Yeah. And it gives it kind of as a domino effect that you have these hard discussions. It makes deciding what you're going to eat for dinner a little bit easier. Yes. Or like whatever. It's like, okay, it's like my, do it again. It's like my cold shower thing. It makes everything in my day a little bit easier.
1: Get out of your comfort zone. Talk about death.
0: Yeah, well, if you want to be part of the crew that shoots flaming arrows, (laughs) find us at Reposted Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I'm Andrew Keller for the Flaming Canoe.
1: Thanks for stopping by.